Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, thanks for joining us. Matt Williams, Owen Redden and Ronan O'Gara here for more thoughts on Ireland's defeat this afternoon at the Aviva Stadium and round two generally of the Six Nations 2021. So we're just off the television where we've been throwing everything around on Redden, sounding a positive note. We didn't really get too much into Andy Farrell, Matt. It's early in his uh, tenure and it's early in the championship. Enough mitigating circumstances last week with 14 men and the injuries today to mean he's not going to be under, I would think, colossal pressure in the short term? I'm not so sure. Certainly not before the end of the championship. I think there'll be a pretty thorough review at the end of the championship, which basically... Uh, with the proposed Lions tour and the COVID uh, situation in the summer, put you two years away from a World Cup. So basically at the end of the Six Nations, you're halfway through your cycle. And it's when every country around the world has a review on where they are. Mm. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some pretty difficult times ahead if there's a loss, you know, depending on the next three weeks. Yeah. But if... if there's a, if there happened to be a loss to Scotland, which is possible, and a loss to England, which is... Uh, it's going to be hard to beat England. Um, he, he, I think he's going to come under significant pressure. Yeah, own loss in Murrayfield, lost to England at home, and it is big trouble for him then. Even it might be unfair and there might be a lot going on, and last year was a COVID year. But I, I, I'm not yeah. so sure, because I, I think... I mean, it's, it's, a loss to Scotland sounds... It sounds like Scotland are terrible, for example. That's not the case right now. Um... England are, went through a period last year of horrendous results right before coming good. I think that the, the margins involved at the moment are, are so fine mm. that I think they definitely... You know, what, what I see is I still see progression. So have we learned anything from the autumn? So I think there's a better defensive system in play, mm. there's a better defensive line-out in play, there's a better scrum. They could have possibly you know, won a few penalties today against with a different referee against France today. Um, the discipline was better today. I think we have five penalties. So... The results aren't there yet. 14 men last week, you know, I still thought it was a good performance. It's mm. very hard to know where Wales are at, right? Yesterday it seemed like the whole ship was going to blow up. Then they turned around and come back. You know, how good or bad was our performance last week is what I'm getting at. It's hard to see. So I wouldn't be in the camp. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, and, and look, I, I mean, we, do, we don't want to get into the business, I think, of calling for coaches' heads ever. That's not the no, point. But, I, but, I, but, but like, it's almost, how are we coming from such a low base in Irish rugby, given all that's going so well at provincial level, that we're conceivably saying Ireland could lose all four matches besides Italy and still kind of say, oh, look, we're progressing. Because I mean, you're looking more into the detail. You're saying, right, did anything get better? So if you lose four games and you've got worse in four different aspects of mm. the game and no changes have been made and no... Th then that's a different there. conversation. Yeah. So the challenge is to say, we lost four games, if we do happen to go there. The, the, the big thing is to say, right, what, is, what, does, it actually, what does that actually mean? Like, mm. why have we lost those four games? I think one of, the, one, of the, one of the things at the moment is the rate of improvement with all the home nations. Like, 
Ireland need to be getting better quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not like there's three teams who are poor and France are really bad and, and if we get a bit better, we'll win a few games. It's, the competition is quite hot now. Scotland really have their house together. Wales have had a complete shift in change. So they, got, they um, removed a defence coach in the autumn, have come back in, defence better week on week. You know, where are they going to go next? So uh, I think it's a very, very difficult Six Nations now for Ireland. And, and the reality is we could lose those games. I mean, I hope we don't. You know, I think if we keep improving, we have two weeks. Maybe we put some blocks in against Italy, we can, we can win those games. Uh, oh, and I was probably looking before we got a run, I was, I was looking from a different point of view from what I meant was at the next World Cup, we're going well, to have a lot of guys in their mid-30s. Now, is, that re- is it real that we're going to perform at the next World Cup with so many guys that have played today and, you know, who are around, obviously Johnny and, and Connor were out, who will be mid-30s in two years' time. Now, that, that's, that's our question. So, in other words, are they going to make it? If they're not going to make it, we're going to have to blood other players. Look, two years out from a World Cup, there's not a really clear picture here mm. for Ireland. I think England have a clear picture. France certainly have a clear picture. Um, Scots are in pretty good shape. Welsh, I agree with you. I mean, they could have very easily be zero and two and mm. down the pecking order. But if you looked around, you say, Scotland in line? Yep, they're in line. England and, and, and France well, are. What makes you think England are in line? I mean, they haven't... I, the rugby in the autumn was terrible. They haven't performed really in the Six Nations. Well, well I, guess, I guess what I'm looking at is, is age profile of their, of their squad. They haven't started well. Um, I, I would also suggest to you that the Saracens thing has a lot to do with that and they're not playing a lot of rugby in the autumn as you and I spoke about off, off camera. Um, but I, I still think England are one of the best teams in the world. The top four teams in the world are France, New Zealand, um, uh, England and you've probably got to put South Africa in there. No, South Africa haven't played for a very long time. Yeah. But you, we've just so we put them in there. All of those countries would have a good age profile. Australia, I think, are about level with, with Ireland and they've got a pretty good age profile at the moment. So Ireland, in, in all of those, have a significant number of older players. And my point on, the, on reviewing Andy Farrell is, have we really got a plan that's going to get us some success in France 2023 or are we just muddling along? And, and I, I'm not convinced mm. that we have a significant plan. I don't want to run Andy Farrell down. I think he's been a sensational assistant coach. I question his experience as a head coach. Ronan's got a lot more experience as a head coach almost than, than Andy. So, and it's a different gig. It's a hard gig. And, and, and I, I feel for him. I spoke to two former international coaches during the week, just on, on friendly terms, and both of them, without me mentioning it, said the same thing. That's hard. Yeah. You know, it is hard what we've asked him to do. Yeah. Ronan, do you share Matt's sense that we're a touch muddled here two years out from World Cup? Are you, are you seeing a clear direction, a, a clarity about where Ireland are? I think it's very easy uh, for me to explain it in relation to Ireland. So uh, if you take the nine and ten, you have two guys who have played for ten years who aren't getting better but are still very, very capable and very good at playing test level now. Uh, I probably don't think that will go as far as the World Cup. Uh, but underneath that, there is massive question marks about who's next up in both positions. And as we know nowadays, especially when you get a little bit older in number 10 position, you can't play 80 minutes. So it becomes a 23-man game. But we can't um, probably offer any, I suppose, strong 
indications about uh, who is the second choice. It's clouded, obviously, because of Carberry. It's clouded because JJ Hanrahan plays 10 for Munster. And at this stage, he's nearing 30. So he's not an option, really, for the future for, as a test player. Uh, you have two good young 10s in Crowley and Healy. Uh, with Harry Byrne, with Ross Byrne, with Kieran Frawley, with Jack Carty. But uh, because there's such an emphasis on short-term results, um, we don't know who who next in line is. And we're going to have to probably, judging not us, the public, people who are working closely with these guys, I think you're going to have to decide, as Owen said earlier, about who who you think has the potential to enhance our team at international level and go with them for a period of games because um, the World Cup will creep up on us faster than you think and we need to change uh, having too much emphasis on who's your first choice, nine and ten. Yeah. Those days are over. The game is changing. It has to be interchangeable between your four halfbacks. And Joe, like, how does that conversation feed into your question about Andy Farrell today? I mean, like, if, if, if people are asking already you know, is he under pressure? How does that feed into him being able to pick players where we might lose games? You know, like that's, that, I think that's a relevant question. You know, he, you know, if you're going to give someone a chance, you're giving the group a chance. Yes. You're, you're giving the whole kind of system a chance. So, I mean, it's a two, it's a very, very um, tough balance to get right. No, look, you know? it's, it's a very tough balance. And after every six... Nations game, there's an inquisition. I accept that for sure. Mm -hmm. But let, let, let's, you know, Matt used the, the, the picture that it, or made the point it's touch confusing. Half the country is saying Harry Byrne needs to get in there. And I'm not sure how many people have even seen him play is the, is the funny thing, you know? But like the Brian O'Driscolls of the world, various people who've seen him say, this guy's the one. You know, they're saying Ross Byrne, commendable fella, really, and you're, you, you know, you sung his praises. Uh, we're talking about Billy Burns doing okay, but people are saying Harry Byrne's the one. Now, at the moment, we're sleepwalking into a situation at the World Cup when Harry Byrne will have turned 24 and he will be lucky to have started 10 games for Ireland and he's going to be in a World Cup quarter-final and we will be sitting here. I mean, if Joey Carberry gets fit, I don't all, think all so. well and good. I don't but, think so. But, he, but, I mean, we've about 20 games, Ronan, so if, if Harry Byrne is the I one, we could, we could get a move on. I think we t we've 26 at the I start of this championship. 26, yeah, so we're down to 24. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, no, yeah, if, if yeah. you want to get him in, you need to get him in pretty soon. And if, just to, to take Owen's point on the pressure on Farrell, if Andy Farrell and David Nussifor and everybody came out and said, look, this is bad timing with the Sexton age situation. Harry Byrne's our guy. Could be a bit of short-term pain. Stick with us. Come 2023, we're rocking. I think people will go along with that, but we're not getting any clear thought, really. And, and the other part of that, I'll just before you, you, before you come back, is you're, you're a selector. <laughs> As a coach, too, you're a selector. And the biggest, the biggest voice... Mike Ruddick did say this to me during the week. The biggest voice you have as a, as a national coach is your selections. So that really speaks a lot on what, on what you're doing. So if, again, we look at Galtier today. Now, it's in some ways not fair because France has a lot more resources. But for 10 years, France were, were hopeless. You know, they were coming second last in the championship or third last. They, they haven't won one for 10 years. And all of a sudden, you see Galtier comes out. He's definitive. He's 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 dropped Teddy Tama. Yeah, which, which mate, that bang. shows you what they're about. You Absolutely, know? Yeah. what there, there is 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 some really strong decision making and leadership being done there. Now, to be fair, as you said, we've only got four teams. They've got fourteen. There's a lot more opportunity and so on, and and the, and the system. But that's the gig when you're a head coach. That's the gig. 
You know, you, that's you've got to make the decisions. And if you're getting a lot more L's than W's, you're not going to have the gig for long. That's just the truth. And I don't, I don't, I'm not calling for anyone to be sacked. I've no, been there. No it's horrific. Is. Yeah, it's horrific. I don't, I don't want it on anyone. But that's still the reality. You, you're there to win, and you're there to win a the Six Nations and the performance Six Nations. But to get ready for a World Cup, and we all know we've we've bummed out in the quarterfinals every time. How are we going to progress that? And we always have this conversation about nine months beforehand, and it's too late. You know, like, like when Rob Carney was saying they were away down in Lanzarote or something in Portugal and they're playing England, and, it was, and, and then when they, they were mucking around, then they played England, they realised they were in a bit of trouble. Everyone else in the country knew they were in trouble ten months before that, a year before it. Yeah. Like, now is the time to make your plans for the World Cup, as South Africa proved. Two years out, South Africa said, we're not right, and they brought in Rassi Erasmus. They changed a whole lot of things, and history speaks. Now, again, South Africa got more resources than us. But we can't wait until the Six Nations of 2023 to make those decisions. Or is, is it enough time, Ronan? 2023, Harry Byrne plays the Six Nations. Is that enough experience for a 24-year-old if he has, say, eight caps? No, no, no. No, I think as a half-back you get... Uh, well, I certainly felt your zero to five caps as a complete blur, five to ten... You kind of know where you're where you are on the pitch, and then 10 to 30, you get kind of a, a little bit of confidence and feel good about yourself, okay. uh, and and get a voice. Um, but I think, I think, um, there, I think there will be movement for the Italian game. I, I don't have any inside information, but I genuinely feel that there will be a shift there. I think there'll be something happen there that uh, could be um, proactive in that regard, but. I think coming back to the quality of the opposition you're playing to and so much of an emphasis on the coaching is there's a great expression in New Zealand is you're as good as the cattle you're coaching and, and that's not to be misinterpreted. No. You know what I mean? The, the head coach decides the tempo, the mindset, the mood, everything about Team Ireland. But at the same stage today, you know, look at uh, a Dan Levy, the difference he'd make to that team. I think um, we're, we're very, very close. And mm. I think we squeeze that to 10 nil. You, you put France in, in a place where they haven't been before in a long period of time. And it's all about those little, little moments becoming big moments. And I think, I agree with all, I think we're being... When you look at it, Joe, yeah, it's we're not getting the result at the minute, but you have to. Be, I think you have to analyze very realistically today. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mm. Look, I've no problem for not getting the result, but then you'd like to think we're planning. And the only reason other nines and tens play today is because of injury, as opposed to uh, we've got these 25 games. How do we want to prepare the well, cattle, the the cattle that we have? Well, the territory. But I know, I know but, but look, Andy Farrell will have to think to himself, I'm going to be the coach in 2023. What do I want in front of so me in 2023? I think the planning is there. I mean, in the autumn, we saw different players playing. Mm -hmm. So, like, if, if we're sitting here saying, are the Irish coaches thinking about the World Cup? The answer is yes. Yes, OK. OK. Um, so what are we really saying? So I think some people, I think part of us are questioning if the rate of change is enough. You know, I think that we're not far away. I, I'm actually trying to count how many players that played today wouldn't be able yeah, to play I, at the I, World I, Cup. I, think, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We, we, how we got onto this, actually, Ronan, I, I asked about transition. Yeah. And, and Ronan and Matt pinpointed nine and ten. Yeah. So, yes, we're seeing lots of players coming in, and that's yeah. great. But we, we, we've been a bit unfortunate in that it seems that the players we've identified who ultimately will be the nine and ten are that bit too young at the moment. And so there's a sense of, well... I don't hear anyone saying it's going to be Ross Byrne or it's going to yeah. be Billy Burns. And that's the, that's the, the, the well, pinch that Farrell is in, potentially. Yeah, now. one thing I'd like to ask uh, Roger about would be, you know, for a 9 and 10, how often does a real incumbent 9 and 10 get kind of bled into the role? And how often does he just take it? Mm. And I, I, you know, it's, it's a strange one. But, you know, you, if, you're, if you're trying to play 9 and 10... Over the, if you look at any of the great nines and tens, like Antoine Dupont, like he's just taken that role. I yeah. mean, like <laughs> one or two games in, he's not getting changed. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it's the system, part of it's let's give you 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 a chance. But someone's got to someone's got to say to 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 the incumbent, you know, I'm not your friend anymore. Like I'm I'm taking this spot. Yes. You know, and that's uh, an interesting transition um, that hasn't really happened. evolved yes. no and to be fair you look know? we were we were at the RDS before Christmas and Harry Byrne went down with an injury in the warm-up of a European Cup game and mm. then the next two rounds in January are cancelled so who knows where we could have been so look there's a bit of bad luck there mm. as well to be fair Ronan do you want to come in on the, the point Owen was making no I agree I think it's we see the 80 minutes at the weekend but like players competitors they get four 80 minutes or 60 minute periods a week to stake a claim especially in Irish camp and the best players want to play with each other so there aren't any hard luck stories about not getting the right opportunity because senior players meet with the coaching staff during the week and they would have periods to express their views about I can remember uh, vividly in my situation about Keith Earls and Dennis Leamy who were uh, an awful lot younger than I was and I saw him one training session I think was it for Monster A and I was just there who are those to get them get them training with us and I think um, there is most definitely that in the fact that those good players will stand out straight away but you know what I mean you got to go get it but they can't get it unless they're getting that opportunity mm. and it's hard for a younger player to probably be himself when you have Johnny there as well because he commands such respect and rightly so in the group so there is a balancing act as well with that because you know what I mean you want these guys to be themselves and their natural personality and some of them might be shy and timid at the start but it's a, it's about once you get into the onto the pitch, your personality can change, and you get that opportunity to 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 stake a claim. But I think you look at Leinster; there's such a backlog of 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 people, and in, in Munster, you have the the guy in command who is JJ, who has been inconsistent, and he's keeping Ben Healy who's a very good young 10 and um, Jack Crowley who's another very good 10 and there's a Jake Flannery there as well who's meant to be very good as well 
but these guys aren't getting con consistent game time. The key criteria for a, a number 10, he needs minutes in the saddle to get better. He needs to mean, make mistakes. He needs to be back. But I actually think the player-coach relationship in the halfbacks is so critical because so much minding needs to take place when they're young as well. OK, look, we'll park that debate for a moment before clock totally gets against us. Could, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, you know, no, go on. Go no, on, no, go I was on. just going to say, look, I think there's another aspect to that. OK. If you, if you, if you think of, of South Africa, let's, let's just go to the box what they did. Are we going to get home this evening? Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> they, had a, they had a great scrum, great line-out. They picked a kicker, yeah. right? They picked a goal kicker. And they won, they've won three World Cups on the back of that. Now, it's, it's about as interesting in watching, you know, paint dry. I'm not saying we do it. But they got a plan. And it's pretty simple but they do it very well. Again, on the big picture, I can't see our plan, how we're going to play, how, how are we going to maximise those talents. And, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to run things down. Our, I agree with you. Our scrum, Johnny Fogarty's scrum's been great. Defensive line-out, sensational, really come forward. Yeah. But we're not scoring tries. We're not accumulating enough points in games. And we've, that's been 18... Well, we're up to two years of that now. Well, we scored, I think we scored the most tries in the last Six Nations thing, didn't we? Last year, I think we scored 17 tries. We scored tries, but a lot of them are, are malls. So we're, there, there has been some good tries. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. Mm. But we're, a lot of those points are accumulating against the lesser teams, if you know what I mean. Mm. So we're, we're not doing it against the big dudes. So it's linking into what Roger's saying. Who are, our, who are our 9 and 10? Every dominant team in the world has a dominant 9 and 10. You know, he coached one of them, Richie Mwonga, you know, like phenomenal, with Aaron Smith. Just brilliant, mm. brilliant. And Australia haven't got one, Australia aren't performing. South Africa got one. They're performing. Okay. You know, we, we, we've got to find that and we've got to get a, a framework to maximise the talent that we have. Not to be a photocopy of someone else. Because okay. that, that's, that's an X-ray. It's not a photocopy. You see straight through it. On Redden, final word to you. Wrap everything up. Sum it up perfectly for us. Yeah, so it's, it's very frustrating day. You know, I think the Six Nations is... We were hoping we could win a, still sure. win a championship this morning. Now we can't. And I think it's hard, but when you look at the, the evidence, have we made, is there still changes happening? You know, the coaching staff has even changed as recently as three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Was it a step in the right direction? It was. Was there a good result from it? It was. So I still think this team's building. Um, you know, and they need to keep building. And I think Ronan's point about confidence is really interesting. Um, you know, we need a bit of that. We need a bit of, you know, a, a bit of belief in what we're doing um, that will just maybe, maybe give us that last bit of look or, or, you know, someone breaks through and an offload goes it wouldn't normally go like France did today and we, we go that 10-0 up mm. and then it's a different game. OK. Well, we're very early into this championship. I mean, we have Italy to come and then we have Murrayfield and then we have England. Ronan, as we say goodbye to you, eagle-eyed viewers watching in Munster would have noted your tie. It wasn't a coincidence. Uh, thanks, John. No, um, Gareth Fitzgerald passed away a year ago today so I felt appropriate to to wear this great tie for, for a man who was very good to me and a lot of other people on my team, or on our team, sorry. Okay, good man. One of, one of the great guys of Irish rugby, for sure. Yeah. Garrett, lovely, lovely man. Lovely touch. Ronan, we'll let you go. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Look forward to Italia. Yes, indeed. Ciao. Muchas uh, gracias. Matt Williams and on Redden. Thanks very much. Uh, listen, there's nothing he can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Williams on Redden. He's delighted with himself, by the way. If you're listening to the podcast, he's thrilled. Uh, to get more thoughts from the Aviva Stadium, Sinead Kassan here with Alan Quinlan and Shane Jennings. Have a listen. Well, no crowds here at the Aviva Stadium, obviously, today, but a real sense of deflation. Alan Quinlan and Shane Jennings are here with me. 
Alan, what was your assessment of that? Um, obviously, the effort level was very good, but Ireland, um, and I thought what they did in the first half was, was very impressive. They brought a real intensity and tempo. They just get, couldn't get the scoreboard taken over just to get three points in that first half. And then, you know, France scored a try when, when, when they're down to 14 men, and that was a hammer blow, I think. Um, unfortunately, Ireland, the, the power toll at times in those contact areas, and we didn't force any turnovers or, or slow them down enough for long periods and, and build tempo, as I said. So they showed their power in that second half, particularly after half time. There was a 15 minute period there where we were lucky not to concede another try or two. And um, that power just kind of wore Ireland down. Henderson goes off, Healy goes off. It just looked like it was unravelling a little bit for Ireland. But credit to them, they fought their way back in. And I think they look back on it and look at some of the decision-making. And Andy Farrell himself mentions the game management there. The kicking game was, was quite good for, for large parts of the game. But I think it got... It, it, it declined in that second half at times. And we probably kicked the, the ball away and had no chance to kind of build phases and, and stress that French defence. But I think the best team won on the day. It's just unfortunate for Ireland that they couldn't build more phases and ask more questions, and they didn't get enough or build enough of pressure in that second half. Shane, did France deserve to win? Yeah, probably uh, over the course of the game. I think there's huge positives from Ireland in terms of a scrum, set-piece line-out was good. When we competed for the first 30 minutes in the line-out, we were stealing the majority of the ball, you know. For, for some reason, we didn't continue with that. So definitely positives, but frustrations as well in terms of why did we continue that? I think we probably don't fully appreciate or understand how much, uh, how much effort was put into the first 30 minutes. Huge French pack, physical runners, and uh, Ireland looked really, really good. But I think frustrating in terms of we gave them a lot of ball, dangerous back three, and we kicked a lot to them. So you would hope that we can see the, the value in holding on to ball. And then I think just unfortunately, after some of the fighting so hard to get back into the game, we then just don't play in the right positions towards the end to give ourselves a chance because if we'd have got anywhere in between the 22 and the 10 yards, you would have given Ross Byrne the chance to knock it over again. But unfortunately, we never looked like getting there. So really, really frustrating, some positives, but I think it's one we could have won, but <laughs> we didn't, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Ireland and that it was France who scored when France uh, were down to 14 men, was that, how key was that time? It was very key because it's a psychological blow. If you're a player out in the field and you're, you're dominating, doing a lot of good stuff Ireland were doing, uh, France weren't that under that much pressure. I think the James Lowe try was very unfortunate. That came off a brilliant maul. Ireland putting width in it. Um, if he scores a try there, they're potentially 10-0 up. It's, it's huge from Sinead. So the key moments, they didn't score, score points there. And... Uh, Probably a bit passive in defence as well. I, I, I would have liked to have seen Ireland get off the line a little bit quicker. But Shane said it, you know, you, you get worn out. They're very, very big, powerful men. And uh, so the effort level was good. But I think they'll, they'll look back at key kind of decisions and uh, simple decisions that they didn't make well enough and, and terri territorially get an opportunity and create the opportunity to get into this this half of the field in the second half. We were chatting there and we can't remember any sort of pressure down in the French half in the second half. You know, the, the, the try was a, a lucky bounce for, for Ronan Kelleher. Ireland are back in the game. You think that'll give them a surge of belief. Henderson, Healy get back on the field. But, you know, credit to France. They're a very, very good side. And, and it's a harsh lesson for, for a lot of the Irish players. They've had a tough week with the players. They're missing the experience that's out. And hopefully they'll learn and develop from that. 
Shane, how is Andy Farrell going to have to repurpose now the Six Nations? They're out of the championship, they're out of the running. Are we going to see like guys like Harry Burr now start against Italy? No, and I think we probably said last week, you know, this team and this group need time. And I do genuinely believe there was positive and there was um, kind of development. Everybody was questioning Billy Burns before the start of the game. He started very, very well and then took that unfortunate knock that didn't allow him to stay in the game. I think you just have to realise and give credit to France. Though. Their defence today was exceptional. Mm -hmm. And Sean Edwards, he's been the downfall of us the whole time with Wales. And if you just saw the way they defended, they didn't commit a lot of people to the rooks uh, in the first half early, but physically they were just making big shots, getting off the line, and they always looked like they were in control. And everybody was questioning why are we kicking the ball so much to them is because we couldn't find space. So uh, when we don't have big line breakers, when we weren't getting the offloads to break, get behind them, it just played into their hands a bit. So huge credit to them. But from an Andy Farrell point of view and from an Irish coaching point of view, of course there's positives. And we have to build on that. We have to stay positive because pretty disruptive week going into the game and hugely frustrating that we couldn't, we couldn't finish it off today because we had a chance. And uh, I say, you know, like last week as well, we had a chance. So those fine margins, how different it could have been. But of course there's positives to develop on. Lovely. OK, Shane, Alan, thanks for that. Join us uh, in week three. We have a week to regather ourselves, but round three kicks off on February 27th. One o'clock, we're first up. It's Italy, Ireland and Rome. Then it's Wales against England, which will be a great game. And then the Scots go to uh, Paris. So that's a really nice weekend in store, all live on Virgin Media 1 and the Virgin Media Player. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 